Hello and welcome, my beautiful soul sisters, to another brand new episode. How was your holiday? How was your gratitude day, the day of Thanksgiving with your family? It's hard to believe that it's already been a full week and it is freaking December 1st of 22. There is there's a lot of things that I wanted to share. One of them was wintering and how can we get in alignment with the winter season. And I also just wanted to share my experience that I had with my yoga teacher training today. So I love you. I'm so grateful for you. Please share this with someone you love or someone who you feel like could use the little pick-me-up and head over to iTunes and please leave Awaken You with Shelley Bond, a five-star rating and review. It means the universe to me. Welcome to my show. I'm Shelly Bond. One of my many roles is a mama, a healer, a spiritual practitioner, a yogi, a soul sister, and a forever learner and grower on this planet and this thing called life. One of my many dharmas, my life's purpose, is to bring as much love and healing to the world as possible. I've created this space as a connecting point for women to bring us together, to have the hard talks, to share these raw, vulnerable pieces of ourselves, and to know that you are not alone. I'm right here with you walking this path. I love you. Hello, my beauties. Where are we? What's happening today? Well, sometimes I feel very discombobulated when my kids aren't around, especially after the holiday. And then my kids had school, my boys had school for one day, and they actually had a miracle snow day. And that was really nice. And the snow is melting. There's little patches. It's like a warmer day. It's like in the 40s. And my basement is getting finished. My husband has been down there with an employee. They are doing plumbing and they're electricians. So they've been struggling a little bit with the plumbing. It just figures maybe that a plumber might do a better job than an electrician on a job like this. <clears throat> yes, queen. Where are we? Why don't we do that together? Just inhale, bring your shoulders up to your ears. Exhale, soften. Inhale, hold and feel where it's tense and tight in the body and the mind. Soften there. Do that two more times. Really feel the tension or the tightness or pain or discomfort. Let it go. And just as we feel, perhaps we have softened, soften a little bit more. So wherever it's feeling physically tense or tight or actual pain, feel that space and soften around it. Softening, softening and letting go can be something that always sounds like a great concept or taking our yoga classes. We get into the final pose of surrender, which is our Shavasana. And this is something that I'm embracing in my teacher training that I found out that I have 30 days. So I am like getting my button gear and I have like a lot of hours of yoga classes and notes and tests and writing and blah, all of these things that I am like, Shelly, do this because I've been procrastinating. What is really pressing me amongst many things is in Shavasana. So it's also known as the corpse pose. For me, I more adopted the pose of surrender. I don't know why the corpse pose just kind of like repelled me. I'm like, why would we want to be laying like corpses? But 
the reason why we practice yoga is because yoga is here to teach us how to embody all things. And especially when it comes to this relaxation pose, because think of how many times a day or ever in your life, does anyone just tell you to like stop, to lay down and relax and do nothing? Mm, I'm going to say never. That never happens unless you do take a great yoga class and you truly get to embrace that shavasana. And what I'm learning through this beautiful soul, her name is Alana, and her site is called Alana Kaivalya. Kaivalya is not her, I don't think it's her real last name, but it's Kaivalya is the embodiment of pretty much letting go, embracing what is. Kaivalya can also be known as yoga and enlightenment. And this is that enlightenment that already is, that we don't have to wait for because I feel like as yogis, we're really misconceived and we're told that we have to wait to be enlightened till when, but the real deal is, is we're enlightened in this moment when we allow ourselves to be fully present and fully submerged in this moment. That is our enlightenment, right? So back to this whole corpse pose. So this beautiful soul, Alana, when she teaches, she is, she's very like straight to the point and concise with her cueing and she tells us that every time we lay in our shavasana, our corpse pose, that it's teaching us to let little parts of ourselves die. So every practice, it's like little parts of you. What little parts of you can you let go, surrender, or let die? Because we all do know that eventually we all will die. We know that. We know there is birth, there is life, there is death. Where there is death, it's not the end, though. That's what that's what I... I really gather from all of my spiritual practices. It's like whatever you believe in. So, but here in, in these postures, like Shavasana, this corpse pose, that we can embody and embrace death of ourself. And a lot of times that can be in the form of death of the ego, which can be a great challenge. I know that I battle back and forth with my ego and all of the lies it likes to feed me. And we have to know that, right? The universe, the creator of the universe, the divine source gave us these different parts of ourselves for a reason. And even if we don't know what that reason is or those reasons are, that there is a purpose to this ego. And if you didn't listen to the podcast on Letters to a Starseed, that was such a great book. This beautiful soul teaches us, Rebecca Campbell, how to merge both parts, both aspects with ourselves, how to weave the sacred soul into our daily lives. And in those moments when we're noticing perhaps anxiety or overwhelm, that we need to get grounded, get centered in our being and connect with our spirit. And the moments where things are going awry and bah, right again, that anxiety comes, we are disconnected. We're disconnected from our heart self and we're totally leading in the ego. And that happens. And these are the great moments that life and our relationships, they are our greatest teachers and that we must let go as this corpse pose teaches us to surrender what is no longer serving us because that day will come, that day will come and we just have to be open and allowing and accepting of what is. Okay, and so in my training, it is like 
so many classes. There's so many classes in this woman who's teaching them. She is kind of like a, she does so many chaturangas. If you practice yoga or not, so chaturanga is where you go with like from a downward facing dog and then you kind of move your body into that plank and then you press your hands into the earth and then you do like that upward facing dog. And she does like so freaking many of them. And one of the classes that I just got done taking, let me see if I can find the name of it. It was called a challenging pose to challenge our potential. And she had these like two younger students that were taking her class and she has it set up with like a very white background and then some black and the students are all dressed in black. And one student is horizontally facing the screen. The other ones are vertically facing the screen. And these are like really young girls who are probably like teenagers. I would say like 15 to maybe 16 years old, maybe a little bit older. And they're just like, so freaking flexible and one of the poses that we were doing for the postures is Advankana. I am working on my Sanskrit and it is the like the eight limbed or eight crooks of yoga and it was this boy who was just very omnipotent and just knew what he wanted to say. And he, he knew things and his dad mispronounced something and he corrected him and his dad, I think like beat him down and his body got all crooked and, and disabled. And he had like, arms are all funky and legs are all funky. And there's this posture. I I need to work better. It's like Ardvatkana, something along those lines where you are in a runner's lunge and you walk the one leg out to the side. And obviously in a runner's lunge, you would have one leg back and you have your hands down. And so you walk the leg, the knee that's facing forward on the outside of a shoulder. And it is freaking hard. And there's these young girls who are just like, of course, just like effortlessly, like so flexible, obviously like dancers or gymnasts, like not everyone was, was born with this innate sense of flexibility. And honestly, like that was a huge part of me halting yoga, which I've been practicing yoga for nine, almost nine years now. But I remember I had that self-limiting belief that I'm not flexible. I'm not, I'm not meditative. I can't get into a peaceful space because I very much identified with being the anxious mom and the anxious human. But right, this is what yoga is meant for. Yoga is just signposts to help lead us in a direction. And so these girls are doing this posture. Like I said, they're in the runner's lunge. And then you get to this point where you're supposed to like levitate your hind leg off of the earth and then your front leg. So your hands are under your shoulders and your body's parallel to the earth and you're supposed to use all of your strength and push your body up. Yeah, that wasn't working out so well for me. <laughs> and I was like having a, an experiencing like a super ton of self-doubt and it was very frustrating. And then we had to do this other posture. Wait, that was a different one because the Advakana one is a different one where you, okay, rewinding. That was a different one. That one was equally as challenging. This other one, you sit on your butt and then she has you like bringing one leg up to your ear and your shoulder. And then of course these girls are like extending their leg over their head and grabbing it with the opposite arm while one arm is on the ground. It doesn't even really make sense as I'm saying it. And then you're supposed to elevate your body with your hands. And again, my body was like, yeah, hell no, I am. I can't do that today. And I, once again, like I said, 
was just struggling with a lot of like self-doubt and then again she was doing like chaturanga chaturanga downward dog downward dog chaturanga and I'm trying to see if I can find I'm taking notes on these classes if I can find the notes that I took let me see it is interesting though how the mind can tell us that we're doing things right or doing wrong and I was actually reminded as I was reading this lovely book that I've been talking to you about the power of one more and it's like a quote about whether you think you're right or whether you think you're wrong or whether you think you can do it or you can't do it uh you're right you're right okay that class was called defining freedom no, that was a different one. I'm like reading through my notes and speaking to you at the same time. But that was the thing is that I was allowing myself to be stuck up in the, I can't do this. This is too challenging. Okay. So here it is. This class is called a challenging pose to challenge our potential. And I'm going to read you my notes that I took right before I got this like crazy dizzy vertigo spell. My reflections were here's, I'm going to try to read it. The yoga myth of Ash. Davakrasana is a reminder for us as students to not dwell on the shape of our bodies, right? Think of that. How many of us dwell on the shape of our bodies? I observed this class this summer and decided to take it as a student today. I found this practice challenging me beyond my limits. The chaturanga, the chaturangas were challenging and the amount of them. I had to keep present for each, each posture and push myself especially when it came to the Ashtavakarasana seated posture where we lifted our leg over the shoulder of, of the same side. My body was feeling tight and stuck and I had to show up how I could without judgment. judgment. Sometimes, especially in a challenging class as this, when other students are flexible and see to have super strength, I have to, the word is seem instead of see. I forgot the M seem I'm editing as we go to have super strength I have to breathe and remind myself my body and my mind are exactly where they need to be deep exhales followed by lengthened inhales and the message of ashtavakarasana that it does not matter the shape of our bodies but the power of our minds this is speaking directly to me during this practice hmm there it is that's so true for all the time. I feel like, especially in our culture, we get so stuck up on the shape and the outer ex appearance of things that we don't even realize that power of our mind. And so shortly after I did that posture that was kicking my ass, I legitimately, like we had to we sat in a seated posture, brought our knees to our chest and then rolled back. And I had this insane vertigo flash. Have you ever experienced vertigo? It's like this insane dizziness where everything goes black and then you, the whole room is like spinning, but it's black and you're like, and it's like this intense, intense nausea and dizziness. And so I just knew my body. I was like, okay, so I needed to roll over to a side. So then I just like rolled over to a side and curled up in the fetal position. And in the meanwhile, my kids are all at school. My husband's down in the basement with a coworker, an employee of his doing work. And I just had to like be there and lay there and the class was still playing and I could see that they were still doing more chaturangas and downward dogs and I was like fuck this class like I can't do this and it took me a while of just like laying there and then slowly sitting up and the class is still playing because I need to 
whether I'm taking or observing the class, like get through it. And I did. And then I just like laid there and was like, wow, okay, I'm done. I'm done practicing yoga. And even though I'm still doing my teacher training, like it's fine for me to just observe. And it's interesting because our mind has this like negativity bias where it can just easily focus on, oh my gosh, I can never practice yoga again because this one time I got extremely dizzy. Well, it's not the case. I go back to, I was struggling with a lot of self-doubt and also this class was like super freaking challenging, like so challenging. And just because something is challenging, like it doesn't mean we have to stop, but I realized that I wasn't listening to my body. And I know like all of the downward dogs to those upward chaturanga upward dogs. Like for me, I'm like, I like a good old balasana, a good old child's posture instead. And I really enjoy restorative yoga. Some call it like yin yoga. I haven't been trained on yin yoga, but it's very similar to restorative, which is just holding postures for like up to four minutes. And there's a lot of things about the woman who's teaching the class that I really enjoy. And some things I'm like, oh my gosh, like my first teacher training, they were like, really be mindful of not putting your students on their butt, on their back and going forward and flip-flopping them. And in this training, she is doing that so much. It's like on the back, on the forward, on the tummy, on the blah, blah, blah. And for me, I'm like, okay, just like with anything in life, we just have to take the little pieces that resonates. And the thing is about anything is that we are all unique beings. We all have our natural touch on things, our unique style, and that I know that my yoga classes are not like anyone else's. And I have never really been into that hardcore, like power yoga. Actually this summer had to, I substituted at the rec center up here. It was called, it was like a kick your ass yoga class and it just really didn't resonate with me. So I'm like, it's fine. I just need to, not need to, I just surrender, surrender and let go and just continue to show up and continue to listen to my body. Isn't our judgment one of our biggest hindrances? So I think it's so important for us as women, as mothers, as professionals, as house managers, as all the things is that we need to notice when that self judgment is coming up and choosing again, choosing again, right? So we're going to shift gears. My husband is here and he's doing his business thing and it's windy and I'm still just showing up. I'm going to be here. So if you hear things in the background, that's what it is. Okay. So wintering, what is wintering and how can, how can, how do you think that we can use this beautiful shift of the seasons to embody within us? And so many years ago, it was like two years ago, I had a soul sister and we, we're doing a book club and we read this book called Wintering, The Power of Rest and Retreat in Difficult Times. And the author, her name is Catherine May. And uh, that book was like such this signpost and this message for me to embrace the change of the seasons and winter within myself. Because sometimes I struggle with rest and retreat. I feel like I'm actually really good at retreating, but resting, I'm like, mm, I've got so many things to do and not enough time to do them. It's so interesting because my husband, who equally annoys me as is a great teacher to me, he is on his days off, like so good at like doing nothing and taking naps and just like 
laying around the house when it's like an utter disaster and the kids are being psycho. He just is like, hmm, and he'll just retreat and rest. And I find myself getting mad at him and annoyed at him because I'm like, how, how can you do that? How can you just lay there when there is this huge mess? We have meals to cook. The kids are running around like, come on. And then again, coming back to how can we winter within ourselves? Like we are meant to sleep more, to rest more, to retreat more, to hibernate this time of year. And remembering that saying that a flower only blooms in the spring. I feel like sometimes I've been programmed to bloom all the time. That, and maybe this is true for all of us, that we get this message that there's something wrong with us if we're not constantly doing and producing and making and blah, 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 all of the things. Because we're so pulled into the physical realm that there's so much that happens in the spiritual realm and the manifesting realm and like the invisible energy around us that most of us don't even freaking acknowledge that we don't. But it's so true. Like we have to just like power down and shut off our battery pack and, and be, and I know that lately I have been kind of just like riding those waves of inspiration and then not feeling inspired. And then really just allowing myself to be the hermit that I (laughs) I am. I'm like totally a hermit, but I'm like a hermit who still likes to connect with my soul sisters. And I'm a hermit who likes to see my sisters and go down to the valley. We call it up in Estes Park, the valley, even though they make fun of us and say it's not the valley. But if you're a mountain folk, which we don't call ourselves mountain folks, so I don't know why I said that. If you're a mountain person, that's what you call it down there. And like I do, I just like find so much love and comfort in my home. And it was funny because this morning and my, I have like Louise Hayes, 365 flip day affirmation and her December 1st affirmation was that I do something different to step out of my comfort zone. Ah, I was like, what? I don't want to do that today. I don't want to step out of my comfort zone. And I noticed it's so true for my daughter, for Junie, who is legitimately 28 days away from being a teenager. How did I get to be a mom of a teenager? It's so crazy. And I don't really know how to navigate these waters, but I guess I never really did. I never did. I thought that when I was pregnant with her almost 13 years ago, that I was like super ready and prepared to be a mom. And then it happened and I had this super traumatizing C-section birth experience. And then I was like, I can't do this. But I did, I did, and I do, and I just keep showing up. And Junie is totally like me, like total hermity. And she goes to this homeschool enrichment program on Thursdays. And she hadn't gone last week because it was Thanksgiving. And then she yesterday was like melting down, bawling that she didn't want to go. Like, no, I don't want to go. I don't feel safe there. That's her new thing is she she knows that if she says, I don't feel safe, that I'm like, oh my gosh, what? And so I was like, Junie, you are fine. You are safe and it's good for you to go. It's super good for you to go and be around other kids your age, to be around other adults, for you to follow directions through them. Because if you know, even if you're homeschool mom or not, our kids like 
test us and press us and don't want to listen. And even my daughter, who is on her third year of homeschool, is like, no, I don't want to do that. I'm going to do this instead. I'm like, "Mm, no, we're actually working on our cursive today. She's like, well, I'm going to just play my cursive game. Like, well, that's a really cool game. And I love your creativity. You can do that cursive game. And then we're also going to work on our workbooks. And then we're going to do our computer work. And she like bites me ah, to the, till the end. This is the plague of having three ginger children. But this is my karma. It's coming back. <laughs> it's come. It's coming back. And like, even in my kids, I feel like I was, I was saying this on the snow day with this power of wintering. I really do wish that kids could just go to school for like four hours a day during the winter. Like I always feel terrible. Milo, I have to peel him out of bed and Jack pops up super early, but I feel bad waking Milo up. I'm like, oh my gosh, he needs that sleep. Like on the morning of the school day, he got out of bed like when his school would have started. I'm like, that would be so much nicer to like have this later start and let these kids winter and shift with the seasons, but that's not the case. Even though I have heard of some schools starting at nine, I'm like, nine would be good. Nine would be much better to just like chill and not have that like crazy hustly bustly morning of like, oh my God, making sure everyone has their socks on and their base layers and their drinks and their water. Like today we were getting ready to go and Jack's like, mom, I didn't get any of my food. And I was like, Jackie, it's in your backpack. It's already packed up. It's in there. He's like, no, I didn't get any breakfast. Well, that was because it took him like effing 30 minutes to get dressed. I'm like, dude, if you just got dressed the first time I asked you, then we would have time. So then I'm like shoveling his food into his hand in the car, but I did it. I did it. Okay. So how can we winter? These are like the thoughts. This book, Um, wintering that power of rest and retreat in difficult times. It was really cool. Like her whole concept at first she thought was going to be to like visit all these magical wintry places and go see the Northern lights. And she was actually pregnant at the time. And she went with this like group of travelers. And she said that the pictures that you see online are so much more vivid than the actual Northern lights. And she said that the group was like, her name's Catherine. Catherine was like, they kept like chasing them and they couldn't find them or what is it aurora borealis and they just couldn't find them and they went to stonehenge and all of these different things and she went to this winter festival and then she was just exhausted and she she was like i thought this book was going to be about all of these magical wintry places but it was really about going within myself that like taking time to nurture myself and to rest and retreat, especially in difficult times. And the winter can be a difficult time, right? The holidays, we have already had Thanksgiving in America and the Christmas holiday is rolling up like T minus 23 days, which is so crazy. I do like love this time of year. I do. I love it. And then I'm also like, oh gosh, I don't want it to go so fast. Like I really just this time of year, just with all the decorations and the music, and I really do am a sucker for Christmas movies. I just like love them and watch all of them like a million times. I just do. I really enjoy it and I'm enjoying it. And yesterday I found myself being like, oh my gosh, it's going by too fast. Slow down. And so I'm just like really allowing myself to just to show up for each day, for every day. And 
I am working with the Hive Soul Sister Collective, and we have a lovely mailing list that we have accrued, and we are sending out weekly emails, and they're kind of like a blog. And so my blog was to give yourself the gift of inner peace for the holidays, because I feel like it's so easy to get like lost up in this rat race and this chasing and this like, ma it is right it was like black friday and then cyber monday and i totally just got sucked in and right you have the intention to spend like 50 percent less but then you spend like a hundred percent more because everything is on sale and you're like ooh, ooh, ooh. and i'm really noticing i'm noticing this within myself i'm just i'm noticing this like need to overspend and to overdo and to over consume and i'm like pausing. I find myself like reaching for my phone to be like, oh my gosh, on Amazon, I need this. Or my kids will be like, oh, I want this for Christmas. And like my family, we're so blessed. And so we have so much prosperity and so much abundance that I can buy my kids whatever they want. And I never had that when I was a kid. The one thing though, growing up is that the parents who raised me, they always would go above and beyond for Christmas. It was almost like I think they would go super into debt and we would wake up to like this obscene amount of Christmas presents. Like I'm not even kidding, like two feet up, like eight feet away from the tree filled with presents. And they were all just like a bunch of just crappy clearancy, like nothing that was very significant. Sometimes there would be something really wonderful. But I just remember like we would spend like four hours opening presents and it was almost just like exhausting. It was like, what the heck? And so here we go. This is like one of my patterns. I noticed myself like, ah, that need to keep shopping. And so I told myself like each kid gets five gifts. We're sticking with five gifts and that's it. Like, and if it's something like way more expensive, maybe it will be less. And so I did, I got caught up in the Cyber Monday and the Black Friday, but I feel like I'm done. It's like the first of December and it does, it feels like I'm done. And I'm going to really just be like, Shelly, you're done. And if you haven't, if you, or if you have read my book, Awaken You, it's chapter 21. It's the last practice. And I share, I share my overindulgence <laughs> at Christmas time. I share my frustration and this weird energy that my husband and I get together. <sighs> this year I'm letting that go. I actually took a girl's trip with my soul sister, Jess, and we went to Idaho Springs, just her and I, no kids, no dogs. It was just like a woman's weekend of meditation. Hello. It was like our rest and retreat weekend. We cooked like homemade, delicious healing miso soup. We made these like delicious stuffs, Mexican spuds, and we literally meditated. We did energy work together. We had a fire. I had some like adult drinks. She makes these like lovely, like fancy gin with grapefruit juice. Mm -hmm. And we just like, just chilled. And we did this beautiful letting go ceremony with Rebecca Campbell, who's the author of Letters to a Star Seed and Rise, Sister Rise. She has another book. I'm not sure. I think it's um, White is the New Black. Is that what it is? Or light is the new black. L-I-G-H-T. Light is the new black. And we did this ceremony and we were bringing our attention and our awareness on letting go of something, surrendering something in our life. 
And at first I was like, I don't know what it is. And then it was like super crystal clear. Like I am ready to let go of this old gross energy of like past lives with my husband and rebirth new energy with him. And it was like, it was a pretty long practice and it was beautiful. Rebecca had this like huge slab, like slice of like wood. And she built this like altar and she had like rose petals and all of these different elements of wood and fire and incense and air and then water that she had gotten from a spring from her hometown where she lives. And it was really powerful. I was sitting by my soul sister, Jess, on the couch with the fire crackling. And we just imagined all of the people who were doing the practice with us. And I imagined I could feel and sense this like dark energy. I just imagine this beautiful, like black man sitting next to me to my left and my friend Jess on the, the right. And we were in this practice before we were like shedding and letting go, surrendering this thing. It was like we were sending this person encouragement and love and support. And then we were receiving it from that person. And it's so interesting how much easier it is to give love and support and acceptance than it is to receive it. I had to really tune in to be like, yes, I'm open to receiving that. And then we did it to the person on our right. So my beautiful soul sister, Jess, sending her love and acceptance and then receiving that. And it was, it was really easy for me to receive from her because I just feel that omnipresent love from her. She's just like such this heart connected friend that I just am like, we get each other. We're just, we've been together for many past lives. And it was just this beautiful sacred container that Rebecca Campbell created. And we brought in all these elements and we journaled what it is we wanted to let go and how it would feel. And we had all these different prompts And I really did feel like I'm letting go of that old energy, that old yucky stuff from the past lives, many past lives in this life. Like, and I really do feel like my relationship with my husband is rebirth. Like snap your fingers. If real life invisible magic doesn't exist, I'm here to tell you that it does because I can feel this like palpable shift. Like my husband does have this little kind of grumpy grinchiness during the holidays that usually I get really snarfily about and I'm just like open and accepting I'm like I love you just the way you are and I'm not here to change you or make you do anything that you don't want to do I'm just here to love you and accept you and hello like what (laughs) what that's possible it's so it's possible it's so possible to shift our relationships with awareness with intention and even if it's like past lives and really deep, 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 deep seated business that it's just, it's time. The time is now. Like we are rolling up on Junie was like, I can't believe mama. It's going to be 2023. I'm like, Oh my gosh, I didn't even think of that. It's like, we are rolling up on a new year. So change is inevitable because a new year is, is amongst us, right? We are here in this season of winter. And when we can learn to embrace the wintering within ourselves, like when we can allow ourselves to just rest, like there's no guilt or shame in sleeping. Who told us that? I, I mean, it was probably just many lives ago and subconsciously like it's okay. And sometimes it's okay to just like leave the dishes in the sink. Like I know that it creates a lot of unwanted anxiety, but sometimes I'm like, I just have to learn to pick my battles and to like let go of things like that, that I'm like, no, like I need to just go to bed tonight or 
instead of watching the last kingdom with utrid of bevenber my new um hollywood crush crush who's probably like five foot four and i'm five foot nine <laughs> that always puts it in perspective which whatever tall and short can be together that it's like i'm gonna just go to bed tonight and i i did that like two nights this week i just went to bed instead of watching the show and it was so magical because last night rex was like working on the basement and like it is a project like to finish your basement from a just concrete basement like it's huge and I don't even comprehend or fathom or can't offer any help that way I can offer help in like painting that's going to be my contribution is cleaning out the basement I help do and then I'm going to paint the basement so I'm like I can do that but Junie I got the boys to bed and then it was Junie's time and I like almost fell in asleep with her and then I was like oh my gosh I made this delicious like homemade black bean soup that was pretty thick I would probably add more vegetable broth but it was like black beans and vegetable broth and then you do um, onion and garlic and then chili powder and a little cumin and then you like cook that up and then you do a side of cilantro and I did red onions and lime juice and then you have like chips on the side oh my gosh it was so good so I am left the soup on the stove and I was like, no, I want to have that for lunch tomorrow and I want to give it to Junie for lunch. So I woke up and did that. The kitchen is kind of like, was still a disaster because my kids cleaning the kitchen lately has been like, they do like a 70% job, sometimes a 60% job. And sometimes I'm like really willing to micromanage them and like see them through till the end and others. I'm like, yeah, I'm done. And I'm going to just like let that go. And then I know I'm just going to spend my morning after we drop the kids off to like clean the house and that's fine like I'm just gonna do that and I'm gonna let that go because we have to allow ourselves to sleep and the darkness is telling us something like this darkness that early darker nights are telling us like we need some more sleep and that we have to listen to our bodies which right this is that like being that intuitive empath which if you've listened to the episode on empath, like we all innately have some sort of empath powers that are ingrained within us. And when we can just allow ourselves permission to tune in to the signals that our body is giving us, like, hello, this is like our key to learning how to winter with the season. And that's just listening. So it's like seven o'clock or sometimes I feel like at freaking three o'clock I'm like I am so exhausted like what is so bad about if I need to just like lay down and close my eyes for 10 minutes like set a timer well I can at three o'clock because I actually have to pick my boys up from school so it's like it's okay to allow ourselves permission to be human and to rest because I don't know about you but in the summer and the fall I was like outside all the time and going and doing and I was like six shades of darker tan which for my ginger it was like tan I could hold my arm to my belly and be like dang I'm tan <laughs> and now I know that I have not been getting outside as much I've been only doing one hike a week which I'm so freaking grateful for that but I have been doing yoga and it's been really wonderful and during the holidays when we were down at my sister's like I really didn't do yoga and I had to just like be like it's fine I'm gonna eat a lot of food for Thanksgiving and have a jolly joyful time and it's okay because I am again I'm like going with the flow of life and so 
if you listened, did I have my podcast last year? Maybe I didn't. I didn't have my podcast last year because actually this is like we're on 10 months. So no, I didn't. But last year I came up with a word. It was my word of the year and it was inspired from Glennon Doyle. And my word was awaken. And it was based on my beautiful book, Awaken You, from pain to healing, a woman's way of waking up to her life was to just like awaken, which means open your eyes, breathe in and out, awaken, be in this moment, be present, be here. And so I have this daily alarm every morning at 9am. I get this sounding alarm and it says awaken. And when my kids all did homeschool, Junie's, she still does it. Hers is love. <laughs> Milo's was hydration and which is good because my kids need to learn how to hydrate. And Jack's was laughter and still is like if he's ever home. Like on that snowy day, he'll say laughter. And I'm really just like, kind of like coming up with my new word for next year. And I think it's going to be something along the lines to like, go with the flow, to like, go with the flow. Because it's so easy as this like recovering control freak to want to control everything, to be like, I know exactly what's going to happen. And this is what we're doing. And it's like, that is not how life was intended to work. We were not put on this planet to have all the freaking answers, to know everything already. We don't. I see this in my middle son, Milo, who's 10, and he gets so frustrated, especially with school when he doesn't know. And I have to remind him, hey, buddy, you're not supposed to know. Like, you are not supposed to know everything. You're not. Like, that's not why you go to school. We go to school to learn and grow and connect. Like, we are not always going to have all of the answer, answers. And it's just like with the universe, like when we are in a flow, when we are in alignment, it comes really organically. But notice those times where things get hard and like a wall comes up and there's all that resistance in those moments, like that's not flow. And then we have to ask ourselves, like pause, regroup, maybe rest, retreat, retreat a little bit to like get more of that creativity, to allow more of that inspiration because being creative or an inspired person is something that we have to just allow. We can't force it. We're always trying to force. Like I know myself so well and I know that I have been like so like trying to force life and I'm really just like to this point like this is I'm coming up on my 40th birthday where I'm like flow Shelly like it's time to get into the flow which means like being in alignment with the seasons and as we can align with winter and see how the trees are teaching us to write, the trees have already let go. The trees are now vulnerable and they're naked and they're exposed. And I live like in like the windiest corridor in Estes Park and it gets like insane. There are nights where it feels like the house is going to implode and the windows are going to shatter, but it hasn't. Our house is not like Wizard of Oz away yet. <laughs> it's still here. And the trees though, they're still there. And lots of things get blown away. Like I had to move all of my furniture underneath of the deck because it just like slams into the house and literally will like fly up over the side. And it's like, okay, how can we winter? And how can even this crazy, cold, blistery wind teach us? Like, what is it here to teach us? In this moment, I reflect on that. And it's like, it's teaching us to just be steadfast, to be still amongst the chaos and the cold to know that our comfort and our inner peace comes within it comes it comes deep within this well within us so i wanted to share with you 
this last little bit of the email that I sent out to the Hive Soul Sisters Collective. And if you haven't joined already, I need to find the information. I will attach it below so you can sign up for our weekly emails. So this was, I'm just going to read it to you. It says, hello and happy holidays to the Hive Soul Sisters Collective. Give yourself the gift of inner peace for the holidays. The winter holiday season can be filled with magical excitement as well as dread. From the endless to-do list to the gathering of family that can bring up a lot of childhood pain. I know I love the holidays and the twinkle lights and the magical decorations plus add the music and sparkly snow and a sparkly snowy day and I am smiling. But where these magical holiday moments exist can also bring a dump of chores and here comes the relentless anxiety. As a mama of three, sometimes I feel like it is my job to keep the magic of Christmas alive. Every year I seem to overdo it when it comes to everything, from the gifts to the food to the activities. What if this holiday season we give ourselves peace, inner peace that is. This peace I speak of is something that originates within us. Inner peace can only be obtained when we allow ourselves to show up fully and completely in this moment. Inner peace practice. So just allow yourself to find a comfortable seat, get rooted, grounded. If you're driving, you might want to pause this and embark on this practice later. Or if you're cleaning or whatever, you can make whatever you're doing the focus of your attention. But to get inner peace, we must get still. We must get quiet. So as you find that seat, we're going to pause here. Place a hand on your heart. Flutter your eyelashes closed. Inhale. Exhale. Pause here between the thoughts. Inhale. Exhale. Be here. Go deeper within. Imagine what would inner peace feel like. Explore peace. Perhaps in the eye of your mind, imagine a symbol that invites a peaceful feeling. Stay here and allow peace to vibrate within your body, mind, and spirit. Whisper, think, or speak with me. I am peace. I am peace. I am peace. Feel into your heart. Allow whatever is happening within you to happen. Allow with love, compassion, and acceptance. Continue to repeat breathing in and out, pausing and allowing the mantra, I am peace, to guide you for as long as needed. Peace is found here now in the present moment. When we can slow down, let go of our need to control, we have arrived at peace's gates, and with love the doors open, and we are one with peace. When the holidays are coming fast and furious, and the days are zooming by, or playing on slow motion, pause, breathe, and recite, I am peace with love, compassion, and acceptance. Invite a peaceful symbol and embody what peace would feel like for you. This holiday season, you have a choice. The choice to overconsume, to get lost in the things of people, or to choose again. The choice of inner peace is yours. I am right here with you. You are not alone. And remember, when you choose the thoughts of I am peace, 
The feelings will follow when you believe it to be true. I am grateful for you. I love you. Love, Shelly. Allow that to resonate. I love you. I'm so grateful for you. We're going to wrap up today's podcast and know that whatever you're experiencing this holiday season, this wintering season, that you're not alone. And really, I just encourage you as our self-care practice to embrace wintering within you, to allow yourself that power of rest and retreat, to really just allow yourself to rest, to look to nature to be your teacher. And if you live somewhere that maybe it's not quite wintry, that maybe you can just be that intuitive empath and really, again, tune into the signals your body is giving you. Listen when you're tired. Have When you're having energy, go have that huge burst. But when you're feeling tired, let yourself sit down, read a book, close your freaking eyes. There is no shame and rest, my beautiful soul sisters. I love you. I'm so grateful for you. And my book, Awaken You, Shelly Bond, is available now on Amazon. Great gift ideas. That's Awaken You, Shelly Bond, you put into the search on the Amazon. Also, you can follow me on Instagram, Awaken You, Shelly Bond, and lovely YouTube classes. There's so many. There's like almost 400 classes. Awaken You Healing Center with Shelly that used to a while ago be Yoga Bliss with Shelly. So some of those classes, they might say, welcome to Yoga Bliss with Shelly. That was where it originated. And I have this big dream of having a healing center. So I decided to bring it to fruition through the internet world. I love you. I'm grateful for you. Please, if you are wanting any info or just want to share or connect, you can email me awakenyoushellybond at gmail.com. That's awakenyoushellybond at gmail.com. I love you. I'm so grateful for you. Please share this with someone who you feel like could use this message because you know there's someone out there. There's someone out there. Share. That's what life is all about. It's like this spider web of interconnections and we're all directly connected, which is such a beautiful thing. Such a beautiful thing. I love you. I'm grateful for you and I will be back here hanging out with you next week. Goodbye, my lovelies.